life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. There's a weird thing going on in my life. Well. And that is, I, well, there, are, there are always, there are always weird things Jokes going write on. Jokes themselves, You're right, people. they do. No, no, no. I, <laughs> kind of open yourself I'm, up. I'm getting, I'm getting questions about car covers. Yeah, you are. That's, because the that's, photo that's that a bit posted. odd. It's a bit odd. Yeah. I've never, I don't claim to be a car cover genius. We do have the car cover. Uh, Covercraft is one of our sponsors of TV, which is awesome. We're doing a giveaway next week. I do want to put that out there. It'll be the odometer of the mini. Yeah. And the person that guesses closest can get free product from Covercraft. So that is all happening next week. So keep in mind that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because people keep asking me, like, car cover strategies. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I did. Did, was it trying to start this it's whole a rabbit trail? Hole. I have the answer, by the way. Oh, do you? Okay, please. For putting your car cover on top of a dirty car. That's okay, the please. big question. That is the big question, yes. Now, in California, you need a California car duster. So you can That's quick, true. You've give it that. a quick mm-hmm. dust. Mm-hmm. And then the dirt that is on there probably isn't going to come off and it won't scratch because it's caked on there. Yeah. It's not moving until the next wash. Yeah. So just give it a quick dust, then put your car cover on, you're fine. Okay. If your car is really too filthy, I can't justify using the car cover because you're creating the grit and yeah. the friction and the yeah. stuff between it and the Interesting. paint. Interesting. You and I, I've kind of come to the same conclusion. I don't have the California car cover. But, but here's but the, the thing. Duster but California is... has random dust that hangs out. You, you wash does. a car in L.A., yeah. and five minutes later you park that car and it has a layer of dust on it. I don't know where this dust comes from. It's I, the I don't California feel like I'm dust. normally breathing it, but yet it's on every it car It just in the does, planet. and it sticks, too. However, it does. Can't However, it off. Here, here in Park City, obviously it's the first time in my life I'm parking a car outside. You parked that Audi outside for years and kept it pristine. Almost 10 years. So you can speak to it like crazy. Yeah. But two yeah, things yeah. I've discovered. I cannot believe I'm having this deep a conversation about car covers, <laughs> but follow me anyway. <laughs> Keep going. The madness continues. <laughs> the one on the Mini, I am surprised at how little it moves at all. It just sits there. It's like a well-tailored suit. It just sits well, there. It doesn't move. Well, that's what Covercraft does. They sewed it for the car. Theoretically. It's not for the expedition. Theoretically, yes, but I'm still surprised by that. So there's that. But to answer the question from my perspective, when I've washed the car recently, so that you look at the car and you think, oh, your car's clean, especially here in the middle of winter, I will put the cover on. Once mm-hmm. it starts to get that kind of winter grime, I don't put the cover back on until I clean it again. Yeah, that's kind of what you have like, to do. But like dirt, like, hey, I just washed it, and, yet, you know, it's got a splatter there, and it's a little bit of dirt. That's there. fine. I don't care. Yeah. That's fine. That and I know it's fine. got a layer of dust on it, but that still doesn't seem to matter. It's but less than I'm California getting, dust. Absolutely. Once I'm getting, like, road grime and, like, the winter, like, this needs to be washed, I can't justify putting the cover on because now I'm just putting dirt on the inside of the cover. Yeah, that's the other problem. Then you're making the inside of the car cover dirty. This is car cover strategies. And you can't How? just flip it inside out like no, you are you when can't. you're camping and just wear your underwear easy, inside easy, out. Easy, easy, easy. You know that was coming. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you can get four, <laughs> four wears out of Forget <laughs> exactly. it. Go follow that rabbit trail. No, you but change underwear with him. You change no, 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 no. That's not <laughs> what I meant. news, everybody. You're all getting fresh pair of underwear. That's terrible. <laughs> that's what my dad always said That in sounds the like army. an awful army Great joke. news, everyone. You're all getting clean underwear. You change with him. You change. <laughs> That's horrific. <laughs> it's awful. That's horrific. My my son is eight. My wife looked at him this evening and went, "You smell." <laughs> uh, you know, they, it's just it's just a boy thing. Um, anyway, so you say? I, the, I cannot believe I've reached a place in my life though where I have serious, like 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 focused, serious conversations about tires and car covers. <laughs> this is the place I'm at in my it's life. It's awesome. kind of great, actually, but yeah. I can't believe that's where we are. Welcome to the podcast. We're here talking car covers and tires tonight and much more. And as Todd mentioned before, thanks to our, our sponsors for the Velocity season, which is still going on right yes. now. If you haven't caught that, and by the way, all those episodes are nearly finished populating to Vimeo. You just pu- published the fifth episode, which was Lemons. Yes. And then the last one will be the PCH episode at the very end. So it that gets is very, forthcoming. It gets very confusing because we had our rerun five weeks in. Yeah, there was the so middle show. And the, then way, the easiest way for us to talk about it reruns. is you and I made six new episodes that had never been seen before and right. played on Velocity. Five of those six are now on Vimeo. However, we've got a rerun of, if I'm remembering correctly, the uh, the Legends is on this weekend, I think, on uh, uh, on check that, I can double check yes, it. Yes, but we do have... You're talking Alpha two. and uh, M3? No, 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 no. I'm talking uh, the... Legends, oh, the Legends. 911 yeah, 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 and the yeah, E30. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's on this weekend. I want to double check that. <laughs> so the, many episodes. I can't remember which one's which now. Well, because they're all <laughs> dropping different places at different times. I that's know. That's what's so great about it. Yeah. But I'm very excited about the fact that, yes, it is. It's Legends this weekend. So actually tomorrow 
on Velocity tomorrow morning. If you haven't seen it already, or even if you have, this is a fun piece. Because <laughs> even if you have. No, because like it's that. a piece we kept talking about. Why did nobody put the first-gen E30 M3 up against the 911 of the same era? Yes, Because the minute you and I drove those cars, we thought of the other one. When we did, like, 911s, 50 years of 911, and then we got in the E30. Yeah. For, for Icon, we went, we should put this with that other 911. It feels like the same thing. So I'm excited about that. Of course, that is now on Vimeo as well. It will be coming to YouTube I am yeah, working definitely. already on Amazon. That'll be up in the next two, three weeks. Great. great so then great. we'll tell you guys more about that. You'll be able to watch all of season one and season two on Amazon on demand, which is cool. I yeah. will say they will not all be free, but they will all be on Amazon. Yep. And thanks to our sponsors that are making this all happen. You yes. heard it before. Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and our friends at Auto Tempest. By the way, if you use the code every day mm-hmm. for, for Covercraft, you'll get free shipping. For Griot's Garage, you'll get 10% off your order. So just keep that in mind. Guys, next thank week, you so stuff. much for joining us. What? Next week, free stuff. Yeah, free stuff. As Todd said before, yeah. we're going to guess the mini mileage. It's not a million yet. <laughs> it's not a million. It is, it is not a small amount of mileage either. <laughs> but it's, uh, get, it's getting up there. And uh, so before we get into these really cool debates, did you mm-hmm. notice the common thread? In, I did in notice the debates? common thread, yes. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, had the chance to attend... An autonomous vehicles conference this week up in you the did. Bay Area. In fact, you, you kind of just stepped off a plane and in front of the microphone. I I've heard nothing about this did. conference yet. I want to share a few things. And by the way, a few people have said, would you please stop talking about autonomous cars? The answer is no, I'm not going to stop talking, talking about <laughs> autonomous cars because of the thinking where it puts my headspace and the creativity and just knowing how other people think and the, the massive task before us. And then relegating that to the love of driving that you and I have and everybody listening. And how do they connect? It fascinates me. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't want to overwhelm everybody. That's not the point. It's just it's coming. And the big takeaway from this conference is it will exist in pockets. It's not Mm going to be suddenly, hey, everybody, we're doing this thing now. Sure. It's going to just start growing and existing in pockets in, in various places. Again, the overall theme with autonomy is safety. Everybody is talking about the the biggest headline and the main one is safety. Mm, mm. And in... Um, Which is also the selling point. It is the selling point, very much so. But to get there, there has to be testing. So I went to <laughs> one particular speaker from a company uh, there on the tech side, and okay. they're working with car companies. So I can't tell you who, but they're working with car companies. And this is the this is actually going on okay. at this car company right now, the thinking and the brain okay. trust and the, the mm-hmm. testing and the simulation going on. Because you can never have too much simulation. <laughs> Supposedly. This is why we all bought computers, is just to simulate things. Not to actually go outside and do anything. I will sit here and simulate it all. That's, that's, you can't have enough. Oh, my gosh. So what's going on is this car company was pretty proud of their animal testing. Their okay. Their Look out, algorithm. Exactly. So they are at the point of writing code that will decide, which animals do you crush? <laughs> <laughs> That's exact. This is actually <laughs> happening right now. I mean, snakes and squirrels and chipmunks and cats. Oh, and the bunny! You're how, gone. You're gone. Honestly, Sorry. we're hitting you. This is where code writers are yeah. at at this point. Yeah. And then, of course, moose and deer and bears and all the big stuff. Well, yeah, avoid it. This is where the coders yes. are at, which brings up the entire ethical and legal morass mm-hmm. of when it comes down to it, who makes the decisions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Are we pointing fingers at coders or what is yeah. the system? And this is what fascinates me so much. Meanwhile, we'll keep making films and keep driving fun cars and take sure. people on fun yeah. trips. Absolutely, yeah. But obviously, this is coming in pockets. And so this other point that this guy made in his in his talk was uh, safety, of course, being paramount. And along those lines, imagine... The cars that we know, the cars on the road, Mm -hmm. the front wheels that steer are connected by the steering rack. They're connected by linkage. So when one wheel turns, the other follows it. Both wheels, the front wheels, turn together. Yes. Imagine a car where in the future all four wheels are disconnected. They can all turn in different directions. Mm -hmm. So for coming to a, a harder stop, imagine the front wheels splaying out in different directions. Essentially, the car is doing its own hockey stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now that doesn't work on black ice, and you know, there's there's situations where it wouldn't work. There's something the coder will not have thought of, but it's interesting anyway. Yeah. But get this: the car, knowing with it, its sensors about an impending accident, whatever that might be, 
being able to steer in all different directions can now decide which part of the car takes the impact in the accident Whoa. and spin the car or turn it. Because if it knows 80-year-old grandmother is sitting in the front seat and 10-year-old kid is in the back, the 10-year-old's bones will probably be able to take a harder impact <laughs> than grandmother. This is what the thinking is going on right but now. If, but if there's nobody in the passenger seat behind the driver, then let's take that car. Then let's spin the car and yeah. that part of the car will take the impact. You've got to be kidding me. I'm not. This is what's going on, and it's it's hilarious and scary and yeah, thought provoking all, the, all sure. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by this, and I again I agree that it will exist in pockets. Is it going to replace everything overnight? No, it's not. No. We've got lots and lots of years left of driving, and I don't think it will ever replace well, having cars in garages and the love of driving a car yourself. I don't think it will in our lifetime for sure. But here's, not in our but lifetime. But here's here's the other thing. I mean, think about it this way. Think about London downtown London and they have their congestion tax so if you don't (laughs) drive in downtown London you never hit it but if you cross a certain and I don't know how they police it but I'm going to speak from ignorance of the little bit I do know once you cross certain lines into the city you are now in the congestion tax area right right in those zone yeah those for lack of a better way to put it those electric fences as they are, because it's tracking you. It's not. It's not mm-hmm. like there's a cop on the street. They they're actually like think of it like toll tags. They're charging you. Yeah, okay. Right, right. So if you think about those electronic fences, it's not a big leap to take that electronic fence to starting inside this electronic fence. Now everything driving in here is autonomous. That's not a hard leap. Hmm. I see that very easily. It's. The, the stuff going on. Okay, one more. It's the ride-sharing services, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uber and Lyft. Yeah. And they had executives from these companies talking to the crowd about parking spaces. Mm-hmm. And un, I would say um, not uneducated, but just ill-informed riders just generally speaking about robo-taxis and putting it in the category that robo-taxis will be constantly out there driving around and swarming. The the executives of these companies are saying, I'm not going to have a car driving around and moving without somebody in it. That costs me money and yeah. wastes resources, and why would I do that? So the data from the connected cars will show what parking spaces are available for 20 minutes that this can go park in and wait until it's called. But four other cars know about that same data. <laughs> so what happens then? <laughs> and all of them are going to try to be equally nice to each other. So now you have four cars right. parked in the middle of the street trying to decide who gets the space while nothing happens but gridlock around them. This is perfect. I love this. And then knowing that you know it, the cars won't cross double yellow lines, so all you have to do is paint an unbroken double yellow line on the, on the pavement around a, an autonomous car. And it, it can't move. <laughs> well, but, but it's already been theorized that one of the biggest problems that's going to happen with autonomous cars is going to be jaywalking because every single human on the planet is going to know if I step out in the middle of this busy street, It'll stop. that car will stop. Yeah. I want to go directly across the street to that Starbucks. I don't want to go to the crosswalk. Back to the uh, Animal Crush algorithm. <laughs> Maybe it'll just give you a love tap, like stop it, get yeah, out of my way. Knows? We are so off of the week. No, that's great though. But here's, but here's thought provoking. Yes, it is. It is. And one of we're the things not is, there yet. Relax. Yes. We're not there. But I'm engaged. My brain engages in this tech world like you wouldn't believe. One of the things you brought up to me before that I think is think is so fascinating is whenever you go to these conferences, you come back completely kind of enveloped in all of this thinking. I I do. And then over the next 24 hours, you kind of come back to the reality of the fact that it's hysterical to me that most people working on this are living in areas that are so congested, all they do is sit and stop and go traffic. So the first yeah. thing they want to worry about is, this has to stop. Yeah. I must kill this problem. But yet- <laughs> Us in Utah, we're like, what's the problem? But, and there's but, no traffic. Or, or for, even it's if the you best kept secret, by the way. Even if you lived in those areas- but you went to Sonoma Raceway on the weekend, or you drove down PCH. Yeah. How different would their headspace be? <laughs> totally. They're living in a you know congestion bubble and thinking, how do we solve this? And at some point have lost perspective on the fact that that's not everybody's life experience. So Very we're here for those so. of you with the opposite life experience, where you like to drive cars <laughs> for fun and figure out how you have a passel of kids and still have a fun car and go to the track every now and then. We have two great car debates. The first one is Mark in Ohio is writing in, and then after the break, we'll cover Andy uh, writing in from Philadelphia. Both of them have Porsche problems. However, they're not asking for – this is not a Porsche podcast. They're not asking for Porsche recommendations, mind you. Yes. They just currently yes. both have Porsches in their life that have similar issues, if we will. But That's Paul's thread. But I want to talk about both these guys. And then there are honestly – I started marking so many questions tonight. I really, we could have done an entire podcast on questions, but we will get to some of them at the end. 
And by the way, huge compliment to all of you who write us questions yeah. on social media. Yeah. Massive thanks. And like I said, compliments to your excellent, well thought through, mm-hmm. sometimes just inspiring questions. And now people are reading other people's responses and learning from each other. And, yeah. you know, opinions are being shared and it's friendly. And I like that. I hate to say it, but it's kind of becoming a thing, yeah. which is good. Yeah, which is very great. good. All right. Well, Mark, thank you for writing in. Mark M is in Cincinnati, Ohio, and really asking for combining things mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And again, the thread is Porsche's. But that's not the point of of really of either of these debates. Yeah. Where he's at, he said, his current situation, he's got an 09 Cayman S that he's had for four years and a 2011 Mazda CX-9 mm-hmm. that he's had for three years. The Cayman was originally a summer daily car, but keep this in mind, he does two or three high-performance driving events or track day weekends per year, mm-hmm. okay, two to three per year. Now he's got a couple of kids, one and three. Congratulations on your growing family. And he's got the daycare thing going on in the mornings, which reduces his Cayman usage to a track day only car Mm -hmm. and the CX-9 as his every day. Yeah, that's become the all the time daily because let's be honest, you've had that Cayman for four years, which means you had that Cayman when it was you and your wife. Right. Now you have a backseat problem. Yeah. So he originally thought, well, the CX-9 I will drive occasionally, but that's not the case now that he's got the growing family. And his wife has a BMW 3 Series that she loves, and she doesn't want to drive the CX-9. Which makes me laugh. Make me laugh. <laughs> She's got... I, don't blame so, you. Some, somehow, Mark, you as have... As good as it is. You have the rare wife who's like, SUV? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what, are you kidding what, me? You drive the SUV. I have, a, I have a sports car over here. Forget that. <laughs> exactly. So as I said, he's out in Cincinnati. Good driving roads being few and far between. Yeah. So we understand. So he doesn't need the sports car, doesn't really want to drive it. So he's commuting in the CX-9. Mm-hmm. It was the most entertaining he could think of when he bought it at the time. For seven-seat cars, he was like, this one rocks. It, it is. But it's a big seven-seat family hauler. It is. It's a long way from the Cayman. So now he's kind of stuck saying to us, do I combine the sports car thing and the fun daily driver into one thing? Or mm-hmm. do I keep the SUV and try to do the fun daily? And do I keep a track car in my life or do mm-hmm. I not? Does mm-hmm. that change? Essentially, what this is is an unused Cayman. Yeah. It's yeah. sitting there mm-hmm. only two to three track days per year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tragedy, and this kind of broke my heart, a little tear of sadness <laughs> over here. Yeah. And uh, just reading through it, he's, he's given us ideas, a bunch of options here, which we need to cover, but and and mm-hmm. great car choices. But I'm just kind of wondering where you're beginning your headspace into the overarching, what should he do before we plug cars in? I mean, I, I think here's here's the problem that's happened. Life, life has invaded enough that the car has to have some utility. It has to have some worthwhile backseats. So, yeah. That's yeah. really the struggle. And he's even gone so far as to say a 2 plus 2 might work, which I agree with you. It might. I mean, I have done it. Now, rear-facing child seats are next to impossible in most 2 plus 2s. Front-facing child seats and certainly front-facing boosters can absolutely work. Sure. If sure. you're not a tree like me, you're going to have more options in cars that those will work with. <laughs> but that's a side note. Um, so anyway, so these are, this is the reality. But what I want for you is the same thing that I, that I feel like I always say, and that is that car you're getting into every day, thus the name of the show, that car you're getting into every day, I want you to like that. Yeah. And while it's yeah. clear you are impressed, this is, I guess, the takeaway for me. I get the sense you are impressed with the CX-9. It's been every bit as good as you hoped it would be, but it isn't fun. Mm-hmm. So I want I want to bridge that gap. I don't I, I want to find a car that can take on that duty. And my thinking actually is you've talked about how there are like camping trips and this kind of thing that happens. And so that CX nine and the and the three rows is sometimes helpful. Sometimes sometimes being key. Being yeah. key. So yeah. I want this CX nine to kind of take the Cayman's place in the garage where it's around if you need it. But you have a car or bad weather or lots of kids or I have to haul stuff from Home Depot or all of that stuff. That stuff does exist. It sounds like it happens, but not all the time. So I want to find you something where if you take it to the track, it'll be a perfectly good track car. But most of the time, you can just drive it and enjoy it. Mm. And that's where my head went. And mm. that's all of my recommendations along those lines. Okay. I, uh, that's interesting. I, I've got a couple different suggestions. My brain went in a different place. I think the first option here that you're alluding to is, uh, Mark, is just kind of staring where you're at. I mean, that is an option. Sure. You absolutely. could do nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The second option here that you're talking about is to sell the Cayman and then get a four-door sedan that could do track duty like Todd's talking about. It's the summer daily. And then 
keep the CX-9. So the thing that you don't like that you end up driving all the time, maybe that gets parked more instead of the Cayman getting parked more. But now yeah. you're talking M3, like an E90 325i or a Chevy SS, or you mentioned the Audi RS3s. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, all right, if you get the four-door sedan, you're gravitating toward BMWs. And I was thinking M235i, but your wife already has a 3 Series. Yeah. And now you've got two BMW sedans sitting in the driveway with True. a CX-9 parked. Okay, what True. what did we solve is my question. Okay, fair question. Fair question. So the third idea that he gives us is the same as the above, but he says get the four-seat coupe, again, 235i, instead of the sedan. But mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, so can it get old trying to get the kids in and out of the rear seat. It's a bit of a struggle, but it's doable. Yeah, it it's doable. And then now he's talking Mustang GT350, Camaro SS, a 911, an mm-hmm. M2, things mm-hmm. like that. I didn't really see a budget in here to work with, but it also I, I think it, it depends seems, on what the, what he ultimately decides to do. There's a few hints in here. The, the fact that the GT350 and the M2 feel like they're just out of reach says to me we're talking under 50 grand. Probably in that range. And then some, yeah, 997.1 Carrera 2S. And that's still in that same under 50 grand range. We're in, yeah. that, we're in that world. Everything he's talked about, it, you can get to it for that. So that's kind of where I stayed. Yeah, she, his wife likes her 3 Series and will not drive an SUV for anything. Which is hysterical to me. I love that. All right, Mark. So my choices, I, I went round and round. Now, we don't, also don't know which cars are paid off and which aren't because that could change Fair. the financial equation Fair, yeah. too. And I'm thinking, all right, if you've got a track car, it usually sits. Mm-hmm. But it pains me that you own a Cayman S and it just sits there waiting for track duty and it's only mm-hmm. two to three times a year. Yeah, that's, that's really It's almost not doing it a service. I mean, Porsche no, wants you sure, to drive yeah. their cars all mm-hmm. the time. They say they run better. They don't like to sit. They run better for sure. Yeah. So I thought, okay, the CX nine could become a used Cayenne. It could. And then I thought, Oh, the Audi a seven. Well, that's not a track car. That's not going to be fun on a track. Yeah. And then I started to gravitate. I started to get creative and I thought about these options here. I thought, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about combining things and what I ended up thinking for you, Mark, is if we do the sports car and fun daily, mm-hmm. here's what you do. Okay. You take your wife's three series. Interesting. You keep the Cayman and you buy her a new car, whatever she wants. Ooh, good twist. Good then twist. Then she's happy. You've got your fun sports car and you get to keep the Cayman. You still got the Cayman in yeah. your life. If it's going to sit and it's a track car, great. Okay. All now right. you've got a fun four-door sedan to drive yeah she gets something new maybe she's had her eye on something even though she likes the three series currently hmm i see where you went i did i didn't go there that's that's a good twist it's a just, good twist i mean you know just, keep her happy he's happy yeah, you're moving happy. the pieces on the board but you're winding up he keeps the cayman i, I see where you went for exactly sure, for sure and then we're doing a debate for her suddenly we're not debating for you anymore <laughs> she needs to write back tune in next week <laughs> exactly. with mark's wife sorry <laughs> The second part of the equation is the SUV and fun daily combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, if we're going to do this, then she keeps the 3 Series. You get the AMG GLA 45 or a Porsche (laughs) Macan GTS. Very fun, yes. You sell the Cayman S and get a cheap Miata track car. Because if the track car is going to sit, it needs to be inexpensive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The consumables are not high, and that thing just sits there. It's tiny. It doesn't take up much space. Sure, yeah, yeah. If you get the Porsche Macan GTS after you sell the Cayman S, that means you'll have more budget to work with, and you still have a Porsche in your life. You did well on this one. What do you think, Mark? Uh, You did did well on this. I'm I'm moving puzzle pieces around. Much more than I expected. Well done. You know, maybe it's not the particular car. Maybe it's mm-hmm. how we approach mm-hmm. it. And maybe his wife gets a new car out of this thing and he gets yeah. to drive the 3 Series. Because I bet you, you like driving that car too. Hmm. And then he's got the four-door sedan. Or maybe we go SUV. Because, Mark, you asked, how do you combine a fun daily with an SUV? Those are the two cars I mentioned. Yeah, for sure. That's where for it's sure. at. No, I agree with that. I, if, and then if, if you want to do both of those realities, meaning you want to have an SUV, and by the way, I track this, you're right, those are kind of the two cars on the list because the nice thing about them is not only are they good dynamically, but they're not that big, which spins the equation for me, though, because there's a couple times in this email where he mentions he kind of wants to have a three-row car in his life, which 
you have to ask yourself, do you need <laughs> you genuinely ask do yourself, I feel lucky? No, do you need it or not? And that, and that I can't answer that question for you. Yeah. But if you do, that's why I kind of stay CX9 because it is a known commodity in that category. You've got three rows. And it could be you paid already, off. You are, I don't know. Well, but you've got three rows. You already like it. It runs like you want it to. It's just not fun. Okay, right. let's, let that be the utility vehicle in your life done great. Let it remain, you're saying? Let it stay. Okay. Sell the Cayman, which I agree with you. It yeah. pains me. It pains me. But I would rather that car went to, to another owner who's driving it a lot and gets you in something that when you're commuting on a random Tuesday after you drop the kids off at daycare, you still think this car is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I went hatchbacks, and I went hatchbacks. It may okay. seem obvious, but I went hatchbacks for one reason. You mentioned in passing at the end of this email that your wife really likes her 3 Series. When it eventually dies, you're going to replace it. You're thinking maybe getting her a GTI. And I stopped right there, and I oh. went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why aren't you looking at GTIs? Because if you keep the CX-9 for your three rows when you need it, right? I'll go one better. Get a Golf R. Golf R for that need. Get a Golf R and enjoy yeah. that on the track for the few, t- look, the other thing, you track occasionally. That's the big, the, the big question in my mind is you're you not, know, two you're not a, times a year. You're not a guy who's on a track every weekend. So taking right. your car that is your daily to the track in this scenario, unless you're operating at the upper levels of that car's capability, it sounds like you're just going and driving and having fun. So drive your daily. Yeah. So yeah. Golf R, I think, is a real candidate. If you want to go, because you did say in here, you feel like you are far too old. To have an STI. <laughs> to which, rock the STI. Which, which the, the, under the, uh, the, the undercurrent of that comment is, I don't want wings and scoops. That's really what that means. It is. I don't want wings and scoops. <laughs> so I'm going to solve that. You also can take a serious is that a look. chain restaurant of some sort? What do well, they serve? Wings and scoops. It, <laughs> exactly. it, it's, it's all, it's all, bar, it's all <laughs> buffalo wings and great dips. It's wings and scoops. I think we've created the new restaurant, actually. Frightening. Yeah. <laughs> all the Hooters or locations are going to become wings and scoops. I'm sorry. No, That's anyway. a great idea. It's moving chain. on. Yes. Car clubs all over will convene. I, I also think you should take a serious look at the Focus RS. Now, the Focus RS is far more hardcore in any kind of driving than the Golf R. It is. You're going to have to drive it and see if it's too hardcore for you. I'm a guy that likes a stiff suspension car. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, it. look, watch our piece on it. You put it in sport mode on any kind of road in the universe other than a pristine glass track, (laughs) and you are bouncing like somebody did something wrong to the suspension. Okay? (laughs) And I'm a guy that likes stiffly sprung cars. You put it in a normal setting, though, and it's actually okay for me. Now, again, consider it's got drift mode. Maybe you'll get into drifting instead. Maybe. So, got but ice I, in Cincinnati, don't But I you? think drive that – well, then you don't need drift mode. You just need ice. Well, that's true. But, so you drive, just need Cincinnati. Exactly. So drive that Focus RS and see if it's too hardcore because I think it's the more interesting element than the, than the Golf R, though the Golf R would be – the Golf R leans more commuter. And it the does. the Focus RS leans more track car. But either drive one will them work both in either situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I did go wild card because it's a car I love. <laughs> If you have the CX-9 for, oh, my gosh, we have this many kids and things, you could go Evo. Oh, you now, Evo? Yeah, but here – I know it's a wild card, but follow me for a minute. Go Evo because they are unbelievably robust track cars. Wingsandscoops.com. I know. With big, nice, usable back seats. Useless trunks, but big, nice, usable back yeah. seats. Buy an Evo. If you want to get the MR, then you already get the ducktail, which honestly, that car becomes almost a sleeper with the ducktail. It is. Or if you buy a GSR, then you take the wing off and you put the ducktail on. <laughs> and people have wing. done it. It looks, it looks very classy. And honestly, it's one of those cars, and I, and I put the Focus RS in this category as well. Those are cars that enthusiasts recognize them and know what they are. Yeah, that's true. But otherwise, you, you don't recognize it. If you have the wing on the back of the GSR, you do. But if you see the ducktail spoiler MR roll by and, and in, in their classic charcoal gray or the RS goes by in its dark, almost black color, I guarantee you nobody but car enthusiasts look at those cars. Yeah, and the interior on the GSR, at least, I think it has drain holes so you can hose it out, can't it's, you? You can hose yeah. the Cheerios out the, to the bottom the, of the car. The kids can be as messy as they want in that car, and right. you just will not care. Yeah, you'll be That's fine. That's true. But there I mean, is that benefit. It's, it's wild card because I know it's less usable than the two hatches for obvious reasons, and I know it's it seems overly flamboyant originally, but I submit to you the only reason it seems flamboyant, unlike the STIs, which actually have lots of random scoops and things. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the Evo is just – it's about that wing that makes you look ridiculous if, yeah. you, if you're worried about that. I don't mind looking ridiculous, but look <laughs> at me in my hair. So that's not a surprise. So, yeah, anyway. 
Holy cow. All right, uh, Mark, thank you so much for writing. Really hope this helps. You know, we got to know what you end up getting. So let us know. If you got your own debate, guys, write to us, drop us a line, say hello, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Or you can find us right on the website. Just go to everydaydriver.com and that'll link you to everything from there. So the podcast, website, or YouTube channel, everything for from sure. there. In fact, along those lines, the pilgrimage trip is forming. We actually yes. have dates coming. To our surprise, we're trying to get that same thing we've always gotten, which is we want a real track day on the ring and a real track day on Spa, not the distant farting on the ring, which is just the all free-for-all madness, yeah, real track days. madness. We found a grouping the first weekend of August, yeah, which is not what we expected, but that's the right grouping. And we're also trying to fit in a trip to the two museums in Stuttgart, the Porsche Museum and the Mercedes Museum. Yeah, Details are forthcoming soon. But it's happening. Dates are really are really locking in now, so keep that in mind. That's happening as well. You can find information on that who's coming up on the website. I will admit you will probably hear this update before the website is updated, but I'm just saying <laughs> it is happening. Hey. All of that is going on. Also, it's all good. do me a favor. If you have a friend who is looking for a car, point him toward this podcast. Agreed. I've met yeah. a couple of you. I met I met five really cool guys in Dallas, and thank you guys for yeah, coming Yeah, I enjoyed out. your stories. It was very fun. That. It was good to meet those guys. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them were talking about the fact, in fact, I, Jordan specifically was sitting next to me, and he was talking about the fact that he found the podcast while he started looking for a car. Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly what we're hoping for. Yeah. So if you have a friend who's looking for a car and they've ever listened to podcasts, they might not think they're a car person. That's the other crazy thing we keep hearing. People found the podcast because they're looking for a car and then went, I am a car person. It's awakened the beast inside them or the disease, so, yeah. maybe. So, so come have the disease with us and yeah. pass it on to a friend. Guys, we'll be right back after this. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve the gas mileage. Why? Because the car is now lighter. And you can place your key fob on your chin or against your temple and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be aware of. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what other people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a TrueCar certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% on your car insurance, or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know it should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. I'm not talking any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's even in quotes. This is exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One lucky grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. That's right, that's not all. Listen to what else awaits this grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, suite access to watch the race, $1,000 in cash for incidental travel or event-related expenses, round-trip airfare for two people to and from Indianapolis, Indiana, hotel accommodations for two people for five nights at a hotel near the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Grand transportation to and from the airport, hotel, and speedway, and multiple chances to meet the drivers. Just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. And if that's not enough, 10 first-place winners will receive one free digital download code for the Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY to 41487. That's Indy to 41487. Or you can visit amsoil.com slash Indy. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor 
to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And scent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We always marvel about the fact we can actually talk this much. <laughs> I know. We're back with... Do the time code notation after as we take a break and then yeah. we come back. But, but wow. we just... Yeah. Cannot believe we've been talking for this long. Look at the clock and go, that happened again. We have another car debate. This is going to be a cool one for Andy writing to us from Philadelphia. So thank you about that. Uh, his, I have to read his headline <laughs> because, uh, Andy, you're going to be uh, – this is going to be you stepping on a rake in front of your wife for a moment but uh, uh-huh. or, or, or your soon-to-be wife. Getting married is my dream dead is the headline. <laughs> um, Andy, uh, tread carefully now. I'm, I'm sorry that you Toe. and your fiance are about to have a fight. I'm sorry about that uh, because, but but let's clarify. Let's clarify. Okay, all right. The number of people it, there are many guys I've talked to that are married guys that have been married for a while, and their entire demeanor is, "Well, I can't have a fun car anymore." Yeah, and and look, we just came out of the debate in in the last half of the podcast for Mark who's struggling with this reality of, I have a Cayman, but I have two kids now. What do I do with my Cayman? I mean, this, these are realities. <laughs> Drive are, it. Well, <laughs> yes, Take I understand. Take it to the track. But, but these are the realities. These are the struggles of, of real life with yeah. kids and wife and that kind of stuff. And so here's the thing, though. I submit to you, and we've talked about it before on this, mm-hmm. your wife's going to have something she puts her money and time into, and you just think, Really? <laughs> and so are you. So so make this that. And there's no reason it has to die. You just have to figure out how do you squeeze this madness of car obsession into your life. That's why we're going to talk about the situation for Andy. Agreed. I mean, you and I have talked about vacations in our growing up years. I wish my parents had taken more vacations and said, bye, kids. We're going here. But they just they never did. And they never concentrated on things that they were doing for them. Mm. And I wish they had nurtured that a bit more in their lives that's interesting yeah we we've talked about this so. we have talked about it because you know my, tiptoeing my, now but well but no get what i mean there's there's two sides of this equation okay because you know my parents i remember them specifically taking a couple of trips just the two of them but in general you're right where they took family trips with us but the big thing that my wife and i have decided with our son is and you're right this is a room full of rakes but i'm going to try to step carefully <laughs> what's in here Oh, look, even more rakes. A warehouse full of rakes. I'm going to go for a it's run. A giant warehouse. Anyway, no. But but here's the thing. We we have tried to, to find a balance. And I'm sure, you know, when my son's 30, I'm going to go into therapy and talk about why his parents sucked. I'm sure that will happen. Exactly. I have no doubt. That, that day is still coming. I will screw him up in my own particular special way. I am it's aware. Awful. But – Having said that, we try really hard to, to make sure he sees us do things that are about us and feed our passions. Yeah. So that he knows that they – that's the thing about it. There, there are things that my wife and I like doing that don't pay us that. anything. For we him. do it because we love it. Yeah. We do it because it's important to us. Whether it's important to him or not, we want to feed the things that are important to him, but not all the time. The world does not revolve around him in spite of what he thinks in his eight-year-old head. <laughs> you thought you stumbled into the parenting and career therapy podcast session, but yeah, we no, can no. give lots of bad advice. It's about cars. Yeah. Let's go spend some money for Andy because he. This is his situation. He bought his dream car. Lo and behold, a 2015 Porsche Cayman S. Oof. There's the thread. Back in 2016, six-speed Porsche Active Suspension Management, sports exhaust, sports chrono, sports seat, and he loves it. And then. He moved to downtown Philadelphia last year for a new job. Congrats on the new job. Very much so. His and yet. His apartment is covered parking for two cars. Mm-hmm. And he says he admits to being the crazy person in his neighborhood, waking up at 6 in the morning on a Sunday to wash and wax his car outside in the street when people mm-hmm. are looking out the window going, there's that idiot again. Yeah. I get it. Yes, you, know, you do. You certainly get it. He's. He, this is where he can actually use the hose. <laughs> I get. I, I did the same thing. Hey. Yeah, I know you did. You still do, but yeah. I still do. Anyway, he says what's happened is he doesn't drive his car now much outside of weekends because he can walk to work. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll drive in the evening just to make sure the car gets driven and get the fluids moving mm-hmm. and keep it happy. And he's which, only put 2,000 miles on his car since yes. moving there. Yeah. Which, and, and let, keep in mind, he moved to Philadelphia last year for a new job. So he's been, it's not like he got there last week. 
2,000 miles in the last calendar year. So it's all is about nothing. undriven Porsches. That's exactly that's the name un, of the yeah, podcast. Undriven Caymans, yeah. Forgotten Caymans. Forgotten Caymans. Yeah, so that Oh, happens. that pains me. Yeah, I know it does. I don't ah. know. We'll, keep, we'll keep a note. Uh, so anyway, maybe you can go drive their Caymans for them. But, uh, but you <laughs> Or know, sell them. Anybody looking for really sweet Caymans? Yeah, seriously. Got Andy and Mark here. Seriously. I, I think they'd love it to watch go your, to the community. Watch your budget. Yeah, there you go. Pink I'd slips still are love happening. I'd pink slip to happen. Anyway. But, but all of this to say that... Honestly, when I hear you talking about you drive your car at night, you know what I hear? Mm. You've now added a to-do list. He's Batman? Oh. No, you've now added a to-do list. Oh. You're not yeah. driving the car for any reason other than, I really ought to drive that. You've, you've, established, a, yeah. you've established well that you love the car. I'm not, I'm not questioning that at all, Andy, but I'm making the point that the way you list this is, well, now I have a task. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you go mm-hmm. for a fun drive. You just go to get the car moving. Driving a Cayman should not be a task. But he's but he's added to his to do list because he has this car. But he loves this car. So this is the question because where this gets even more interesting is (laughs) we have a Porsche garage coming. Uh huh. And his fiance is soon moving to uh, to the Philadelphia area, moving in with him, and she has a 2016 Macan. Yep. Which he's taken a long hard look at this reality and realized that's a much more usable vehicle. And of course it is. For first first off, it has four seats. Yeah, and secondly, as SUVs go, it isn't. If you want to think about it that way, it is much more car than SUV. That it has dynamics that in the SUV world it shouldn't deserve. In one of the driest lines I've ever read in an email, he says, "We're getting a dog soon. It's going to be tough to fit both of them in the passenger seat of the Cayman." Yes, that was just just said but, no, said no. very casually. <laughs> it's just but the most casual but, thing. But part of the problem is, I think when you and I think dog, we think sixty pounds or above. They might be getting one of those dogs that fits in a purse. Yeah, it could be the dog accessory. It might be a dog accessory, and if it is, then sure, they could both go in the passenger seat. But you and I would typically think dogs. And I'm those of you that write us on the podcast are like, well, you know, I bought an MG last week, and I have two great dates. I don't know how to help you. Exactly. I don't know how to help you. But I we do get those emails. Don't know. But yeah, so that's the thing. The car, the car has to fit, let's be honest, the two of them, some stuff, and probably a dog. So he's realizing, we don't need two cars. I walk to work. She's going to be here. We have the, the Macan, which makes sense to keep. You see where this is going. Get the milk, pick up the paper, get the mail. Oh, drive the Cayman. Yeah. Honey, I have to go drive the Cayman again. I'll be right back. That just doesn't sound good. Now, Andy doesn't have to sell the Cayman, mind you. He can keep it. That is an option. It's not like he's got some situation. Again, two cars, hose out in the street. He has two parking spaces. Angry neighbors. Uh, He can just keep it. I do see that. That is option one on his list here. And the other option for number two is he says, I could sell the Cayman and go down to one car between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to buy a beautiful 2015 Cayman S6B? Anyway. Now, that is an option, and then the third option that he gives us is sell the Cayman and get something else. Now, he's drifting back and forth on this option because he's thinking about the weekend car and getting something older like an air-cooled 911 or a 987 Boxer Spider, which he's always loved. And then this other part of him says, I've always missed being invisible and not drawing attention to myself and getting something like another GTI. So the opposite of... You know, early morning car washing your Porsche in the street in front of all your neighbors, going back to an invisible GTI. Yeah, GTI that no one notices, yeah. This is interesting. I mean, we could go a bunch of different directions. Honestly, I'd love to say sell the Cayman, but if you're not driving it, there's somebody listening that probably would like to drive yeah. it. Yeah, I hear that. I and hear I, that. I, it pains me greatly. I know. I know. Honestly, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having convulsions over here. To tell you to sell the Cayman. Mm-hmm. But I'm not telling you to go get another car because that other car will also sit. Yeah, this is the struggle. The GTI will sit. An air-cooled 911 will sit. Mm-hmm. This is the struggle. I, I hear that. So the question is, could you take that money and invest it or save it or keep adding to it? And then in the future, when your situation changes, your living situation, you're in a yeah, house or yeah, something yeah. different, and you do want the fun car, you've got more money to go mm. spend on sure, the sure. next Porsche. I mean... Obviously, you're a Porsche guy. <laughs> Clearly, they like I get Porsches. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> both you guys, and use the Macan. See how it works. I, ah, yeah. The, the somebody listening wants to drive your Cayman, Andy, for sure. Well, the, the crux for me is the fact that he he really talks about how this is dream car realized. He loves having this car. And Agreed. It's, it's perfect. And Agreed. He, you know, he do, and he also doesn't financially have to sell it. He could keep it. We these could are, just again same are, as Mark. These are big things. Could these do are nothing. Big things. That is an option. But but I think the biggest question you have to ask yourself, Andy, is okay. 
Let's just assume the Macan is here. It's great. You guys are happy with one car. All of that in life works. What would you legitimately, not pipe dream here, what would you legitimately use another car for? If it were replaced, you're saying? If yeah. it came and got sold or replaced? What is car number two? What is its purpose? I mean, he was saying weekend car, but he's got the weekend car. He does. You're, well, he does in the Cayman, but I'm in just Cayman. saying. But I'm just saying, if if your concern is that the Cayman is, and I've and I obviously coined it that it's kind of become a chore. You have to keep driving it to make sure it's going to be driven, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a chore. But, but that's the question. That's the question. I know you've never seen that before. No, I haven't. Um, but I'm going to make that shirt. It's going to be a to do list <laughs> with a bunch of boxes to check, and one of them says "Drive Cayman" <laughs> with a sigh a after chore. it. Drive Cayman. Oh man. Man. Anyway, yeah, so there's that's Andy's T-shirt. But <laughs> but here's the thing. Ask yourself what that car would really be used for because are you ever going to drive it in anger? Are you ever going to take it to a track or an autocross? Because it doesn't sound like you do. Or Canyon Road. So or... what I wonder about is there's two ways to go here, I think, in the replace the Cayman category. You could – look, I will admit you could just keep it. You like it, you could just keep it and drive it occasionally. And there's – you know, we don't love that, but it yeah. could happen. Okay. I'm leaning towards that. If you find yourself in a world where you're going to drive a car on the weekends in fun and a little bit of anger, then a part of me just says you're at a time in your life. You may have a dog in the future. You're about to be married. Congratulations. This is the time in your life, though, when you don't have to worry about, okay, there's kids yet. You could go crazy track car if you're going to track it. Like, but he doesn't a, say he's got plans for exactly. that. Exactly. If you're going to get, you get yourself like a caterum or go something nuts that just doesn't make any sense unless you do that purpose. Mm-hmm. You could do that. I think the better answer, if you're going to get another car, is get a convertible. Get yourself a boxer. You okay. said you, you always liked the, the 987 Maybe. Boxster Spider. I think get a car that doesn't have to be driven fast to be fun. It could be an older car. Could be an older convertible that you've always just thought was interesting, and now it's a car that you just drive because you just like being in it versus feeling like this car needs to be driven. Sure, I could see the nutty car that just well, the nutty car only makes sense if you're going to go track it and find those roads. Otherwise, it, it's, otherwise it's just a, a piece of furniture sitting outside. Yeah, well, they've got the two car spots. It'll sit yeah. most of the there's, time. There's a, yeah, fire it up and. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you're going to go that route, but I don't think he's going that route. I kind of feel like convertible is the place to be here. I mean, Could be. And I'm saying get a convertible that you and your wife would just would like going somewhere together. I'm trying to think of reasons I don't like that. You, I mean, you could go as simple as Miata. Obviously, the answer can always be Miata, but you could go S2000. Yeah. You could go Vantage. Okay. Convertible. Then, then that's you the go, opposite of the invisible GTI, Andy. But if it's just, but if it's just a weekend, a drive it for fun. Convertible car. Aston, yeah. on the street with the hose. You in didn't front of like me hands. before, neighbor. <laughs> exactly. Look at me now. Get a yeah. load of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, kind of warming to it. I'm just, I'm thinking this is the time to get the convertible because why not? I suppose. Yeah, and then it's, honey, let's go to dinner. It's a, it's a gorgeous summer night. Let's go to dinner. Let's take the convertible just to do that. And then it would if, sit all winter? Well, that's the thing. If you even need that other car. I think that the crux of this is how are you actually going to not think you're going to use it. How are you really going to use it? And you might not know that until I think, I think this is the play. Have your girlfriend move in. And see how much you just use the Macan and, and when you need the Cayman. And if you need the Cayman, what do you need it for? And then you can shop from an amazing place of, I don't need a car. That is rare. You can sell the Cayman and just look around for what would I like and why and how would I use it? Because you're going to start to understand how you'd use it. You're in no rush. Mm -hmm. You can find the most pristine, perfect version of fill in the blank because it will actually be a car that when you do fire it up, it's like, yeah, I'm going to use it for just this. Harumph. Sell the Cayman. All right, so the moral of the story here is, Andy, what you should do is sell the Cayman and just get a, a, a boosted board, you know, the electric skateboards, and Perfect. ride that to work. That's really where we were going, yeah. That's kind of This what podcast I'm sponsored by our friend at Car- uh, friend Alec at uh, Cars of Skateboarding. Yep. Hi, yeah. Alec. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. So we found two great Caymans for sale, everybody. If, uh, if you want to buy these Caymans off these guys, let us know. Uh, <laughs> that will uh, change their equation real quick. For sure. But we've got questions, and uh, as I said before, massive compliments to all of you writing such great questions, thought-provoking. This is great. I'm going to jump in here with um, Duncan Yu is asking us on Facebook about his upcoming trip to L.A. He says, I'm coming to L.A. for a few days. He's got a choice of rental cars from Turo, and these are these options. 
Camaro V6 1LE, manual transmission, Alpha Julia TI Sport, Corvette C7 with a manual transmission, the Fiat, six manual trans- transmission, six six speed manual, uh, that's the Fiat 124, mm-hmm. yeah. and then lastly is the GL- GLA 45. Keep in mind that he's experiencing LA with she which must be obeyed. <laughs> I love it. It's an acronym now. Spending time in the city and the canyons. I, uh, I'm guessing those cars are picked because you've never been in any of them. I'll start with that as a baseline assumption. I think it's a good guess. I think it's a good guess. And what I'm going to do is say Corvette. Even though it's a manual transmission and most of them are, I'm going to say go for the Corvette because it's still comfortable at low speeds mm-hmm. cruising along. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're in traffic, you're going to get clutch leg, but who cares? You're only there for a little bit. Yeah. And then go find the canyons and go sample the C7. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. I think if you're really going to have a chance to do the canyons, I actually agree with you. I think the C7 is the place to be because the other thing that's interesting about it is they are all targets. So that's once, true. You'll, GLA forty five is not, but yeah. No, no. I'm saying the all all C sevens are. Oh, targets. the C seven. Yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. So my point is, you'll probably be able to fit your luggage point. in the back of the Corvette until you get to your hotel. Then you can dump your luggage. Then when you go out to the canyons, or or you drive along PCH slowly and sit in traffic, you can take that Targa roof off. It fits in the back, and you can do the convertible thing, or you can not do the convertible thing. The irony here is that you've had T-tops and a Target in your life now, and you are not a convertible guy. That is ironic. Yes, I agree. I, I yeah, just find true. that endlessly fascinating. Yeah. I'm not a convertible guy, even though yeah. I like them and I, I enjoy it, but I definitely yeah. gravitate towards yeah. a hard top. But Honestly, I find funny. I am, the, I've the enjoyed the, the Lotus the Targets off more than I thought I would since that's I've had That's so funny. It. Honestly, that's been something very cool. So I think the C7 is a car that your wife won't mind being in. That's the other part of it. The GLA 45, look, we really like that car. We really do. But I, I think you've just, you're, now you're just driving an SUV in traffic. Unless you're making a buying decision. That's the headspace that I want to know mm-hmm. is, are we in fun playtime? Let's go drive some fun cars that I'll never consider, but sure. I'm just sampling them. Or am I kind of thinking about getting something yeah. that I'm you know, doing a test drive? What headspace are you yeah. in? If that's the case... AMG or whatever sure. you're looking at. Sure, if you want to drive one because you want to know what it's like. The right. Camaro, honestly, I remember driving the Camaro. The only time I really, I hate to say this, have really hated that car was LA traffic because of visibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so yeah. that that car for me is out because you're going to do that. I think my close second is actually the Julia. It'll be less fun than the Canyons, though I think you'll still enjoy it. It'll be less fun oh, than I the know Canyons. Oh, I know you will, yeah. But I think you guys would enjoy being in that car otherwise for all the commute stuff. So I think it's either C7 or Julia, depending upon which way makes more sense to you. I th- think the Fiat is out just because I, I, think it's, I think it's fine. I don't think it's great for this. Yeah, that's good. Interesting. Okay, what would you find in here? What ones did you uh, hear, Mark? Uh, Jesus wrote in and said, look, I'm not saying I'm lazy. Okay, but I and I like cars like the the S two thousand. So he's established right away. I like hardcore cars. However, he's saying, how is it possible that in twenty eighteen, cars don't have doors that open automatically? I saw this question. And, this is great. And, and Jesus, I'm going to ask the same question that I really wish I could ask Elon Musk, and that is, who hurt you? <laughs> when, when was there a problem in your life that you got scarred by a door? Because Elon Musk is obsessed with making doors do things for themselves. Yeah, and I keep is. thinking since the dawn of man, we have put doors on our things: houses, cars, airplanes, whatever. This is not hard. You just you can open a door. It, it, let me put it this way: you don't walk into your kitchen and drawers open automatically. <laughs> It's Can just, you imagine? This is <gasps> what a great idea! Oh, I'm sure it exists. Let's not kid ourselves. Alexa, I, I need a knife. Yeah, comes flying across the room at you. Be careful what you ask for, because she will she will deliver in a bad way. No, but my point is, do they need to? I mean, look, the number one reason this isn't a thing is because it is complex and difficult to control. Even the the doors that can be very cool on the Tesla models do weird things at times. Mm-hmm. When we were driving the Model X, the owner of the Model X had three, I'm not kidding, three Model S's in his garage. And as he would walk around his garage talking to us about the Model X, the S's would randomly open and close their doors. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They would sense him, and they would, it, it was like they were doing some little dance while he walked near them with a he set of like keys their, in his pocket. Papa and walking around like, Chirp, it was chirp, it was like the us. car door version of whack-a-mole. It was like somebody go close that door now. So that's I just, what the, the Teslas I, are. I don't. I 
yes, the technology exists. I, I keep asking the question of why. What's mm. wrong with just a door? Maybe I'm too old school, but I feel like what? why can't we just open it when we need it to? I mean, the rear hatch, I get. That is handy. The side minivan doors, handy. But sure. just on a sports car, everybody's already said this on there, adds complexity and weight. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And that's not really conducive to what we're looking for. So. Well, but I'm sure somebody out there has put Lambo doors on their Civic that are also automatic. So, oh, they, so not only is it Lambo doors on a Civic, but I they will open automatically as I approach the car. Yeah. Lambo doors on the Expedition. So I'm, I'm really sorry, Jesus, about the time in your life when a door randomly closed on you. or some, I don't know. Something happened. <laughs> I, I'm convinced something happened to Elon Musk, and he is, he is scarred against doors. <laughs> that's, that's why. Because every car has to have doors that you don't just walk up and open. I don't know what's up. All right, more on the Turo item here. Fraser H. said that he rented an M4 for a week on Turo as a birthday present. Congratulations, you will enjoy that car. He's in L.A., again, South Bay area, and he wants to see what this car can do. Well, <clears throat> short of illegal things. Um, <laughs> totally separate question. That is a separate podcast, actually. I'm uh, going to suggest Malibu. Todd and I have shot a lot out that way. Get yourself out to Malibu, out PCH. Mm-hmm. And then go north. Head up north. Go to western Malibu. And uh, one of the ones that we love is Decker Canyon Road. Yeah, Decker's I mean, good. this is a bigger car. It's not the Nimble. It's not the Cayman. It's not mm-hmm. the Lotus. But True. this car will hustle. I think you'll like it up PCH. And yeah. then pick one of these roads going north out of Malibu and western Malibu. I'm looking at El Matador State Beach, some of those. Well, and, do uh, um, Solstice Canyon over here, too. Do uh, Mulholland. West Definitely of, Mulholland. Mulholland west of Cannon yeah. Doom Road. Yeah, Cannon Doom, that's kind of a high-speed GT kind of suited for yeah. it. But watch for the bike cops. They like to hide. And watch for the cyclists, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, everybody else, but, yeah. you know, just to protect you. I mean, buy a radar detector in advance, just saying. But honestly, if you, if you really wanted to have the L.A. driving experience, honestly, honestly. Get stuck in the you, 405 right at the 10? No, hang on. Oh. Get on Mulholland below the Hollywood sign. Yeah? Where yeah. Mulholland... Uh, comes up out of Hollywood there and goes up over. That's all the classic L.A. Uh, Iona studio homes hanging onto the cliffs. You're going to drive through that for a while. Scratching your head wondering why people pay money for those. And then, but, then, but then slowly after you get past sunset and all that, all that stuff starts to fade away. And it becomes just this open winding road through the occasional houses. Then you have the snake, the famous part of Mall. Oh, Hall. yeah. Got to do the snake. Then you get Definitely. west of Cannon Doom. And now it's pretty much just this rolling road all the way to the coastline. If you have enough time, that's the way to do L.A. and get the full L.A. driving experience because you wind up on empty canyons at one end, but you start in the city doing mm-hmm. L.A. architecture and you work your way west. That's a big drive, but it would be fun. Yeah, it is. Okay. I'm looking for other questions. Instagram, which car would you like to drive to your next high school reunion from Parmalat? <laughs> You're assuming that I want to go to my high yeah, school I, reunion. There's, there's a lot of don't want to go in that for sure, yeah. Not so much. I am going to say something genuinely striking and hot and a car that most people, your average Joe, wouldn't have the first clue what it is. Yeah. McLaren 720. Okay. What is that Ferrari? Sure. What is that thing? Lamborghini's hot. What is that? Who are you? What what pile of money did you trip and fall into? Yeah, exactly. I tripped into car journalism. Not really a pile of money, but <laughs> yeah. access to cars. There's no money. It's just a <laughs> yeah. concrete road there. Yeah, that just you fall just a onto. road with a garage. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. see that. Okay. I see that. I, I I honestly I didn't realize how terrible my high school experience was till I got out of high school and looked back and went, Wow, that was awful, that wasn't sucked. it? <laughs> Let's not go back to that. That's terrible. Uh, there were two questions for me, one from Frank and one from Nick, both Elise related. So let me see if I can answer them both quickly. Okay. Uh, Nick asked, did I consider Exige over Elise? I did not for two reasons. I wanted the option to be able to remove the top, and I'm surprised at how easily I, I, how much I like to do that. Now, I will admit, you can remove the top on the Exige, but it is just a little bit more involved. I wanted to be able to remove the top easily and have the cloth top if I wanted. But more importantly than all of it, was the Exige has even worse rear visibility. If that's possible, if that were a goal, Lotus is the master at doing and, that. And the thing is, the, especially a lot of the Exiges have got the intercooler sitting on top of the engine, which is exactly where the rear glass is. So you, you suddenly realize there's no point in even having a rear view mirror. There's nothing to see. Because I was going to daily yeah. this car, if I was going to track it, I would have gone Exige. If it was going to be like just track car. True. But as a car to daily, I wanted the visibility. 
Besides the fact I like the, the I like the look of it better, but forget that for a second. I just wanted the visibility. That's why I didn't go X Siege. Then, then <laughs> visibility and Elise. There's a not equal sign in between. It's not that bad. <laughs> What, if you have the Elise over the Exceed, the Exceed is just – it's a black panel it's behind true. it. You nothing. have to qualify that, anyway, but still, it's funny. Frank said, what's my favorite thing about the Elise you didn't expect you'd like or other people don't like, don't typically like? You've already bumped into it. I do really like having the top off of that car right about sunset. I mean, golden hour, I get it. Yeah. It is. I don't like driving cool. around in the middle of the day with the top off, but I have no. liked that. I didn't buy it wanting that. I bought it specifically seeking out the hard top to have one. I, I love having that. I have enjoyed that more. But as far as one that people typically don't like, this is going to sound crazy, but it's true. I like being able to get in and out of it. When the top is off, you No, mean, period. Or? I like oh. knowing how to get in and out oh, of the car. The secret and and it's contortionism that you you've discovered, and you just you get comfortable with it. Yeah, our, our friend Kai is a patron. He's been with the show for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He has one he drives daily. Yep, and he talks about how he can get in the car holding a cup of coffee. It's extremely impressive. That is almost a gymnastic feat. Yeah, that is genuinely impressive. But when my, I had a friend here recently who I, I mentioned on the podcast before, he'd never been anywhere close to an Elise. He'd heard me talk about it for ten years. He came for a visit. I took him for a drive. Thought that was so great. He watched me get in it and just uh, – by the way, I've got about six or seven inches on him. Yeah. He watched me get in it and just looked at me. He was like, how did you not touch anything but the seat between standing on the outside and getting in? Clearly, it's practice. But the thing about it is there is this weird kind of pass-the-gauntlet moment of getting in on a lease where you're halfway through the process and you just think, this is awful. And then you land in the seat and you get settled and you suddenly realize, wait, this is great. It's like you earned it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the payoff. And I, and I thoroughly enjoy the getting in and out of that car now that I can do it because it's, it just there's a payoff there. I really like that. And, you know, plus, Lotus was thinking, our cars aren't noisy enough, so let's put a supercharger next to your ear. Well, there's that as well. And yeah. we've created the Exige. Perfect, yeah. All right, so Alex M. on Instagram said, what is the most difficult car to drive fast that we have experienced? Hmm. I have the answer. It's the Caterham. The 620 or 630 that we drove on track. The 620R, yeah. Now, the the sequential aside, that wasn't the big issue. I got used to that really fast. I just wasn't used to the amount of or lack thereof of foot space, shoe space down we in were, there. We were poured into that car. Oh, my gosh. And then suddenly go fast, right-hand drive became less of an issue. But the mechanical nature and the weight distribution of that car and then make that go fast. Figure the car out and then mm, suddenly go mm. fast first off. Now, with practice, sure, you know, of course. All yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that sticks out in my mind is go drive that fast because it ramps up the sensations of speed. 40 miles an hour feels like 100 because of the open <laughs> sure. nature of the car. Yeah. I mean, suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going 140. What? <laughs> why, 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 why on earth? This yeah. is strange. Now, things had changed with you know the full face helmet and everything. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, just the sensations were just dialed up in that car, and then it just seemed like, you know, lack of the power steering combined with that long hood and sequential. Was, and we had a lot drive. to handle. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah, that's a good one for that, that was up list. up there for me. We had a lot to try it, to figure out in a short amount of time. Yeah, that's there. interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else on here? Oh, so many. Uh, let's see. Uh, QuantonSoup87 asked on Instagram the classic question, why are cars only getting bigger? Why is it that the Accord used to be, you know, it, essentially the Accord used to be the size of the current Civic, smaller than the current Civic yeah, for that matter? Back in the 80s it was. You know, the, yeah. the, the 3 Series is now the size of the old uh, BMW 5 Series, and yeah. it just continues. And there's there's two reasons. One is a you keep wanting a car to do more, have more safety, have more stuff in it, so the car has to grow. But the other one is, honestly, it's um, it's asking people marketing surveys. <laughs> because let's be honest, yeah. when you start asking people their ownership experience, somewhere on that experience experience survey is going to be, is the car big enough? Would you like more space? And there isn't a person on the planet that's not going to say, yeah, you know, I'd like a little more space. <laughs> and so the next gen, we're going to give you- You're the you, person on the planet that would say I no. am the person on the planet. No, I'm fine being folded in half. It's, it's okay. I actually like it. No, no. no more space. Could you take more space but, away? But this is, but this is the thing. Because that means on the next gen, we're, look, we found you a half inch more in the back seat. But carry that over for three generations of the car. How many inches have we added in every dimension? And now it's the size of the car up. 
Yes, and dovetailed into that is the availability for another half size down that is a new model. Yeah. Oh, BMW being the king of that world. Did anybody need an X4? If you drive an X4, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying, <laughs> did the world need the but X4? But why did this car exist? We have the I X3 see that. and the X5. Yeah. Really? You couldn't? That neither one worked for Somebody's you? Somebody's had a meeting with, there's a number between the two, <laughs> and there are 50 people that will buy it. I mean, X4. I just, I, X3 looks pretty roomy. X5 is even more. Pick one. Looks pretty good. I, if Porsche does something between the Macan and the Cayenne, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but they, <laughs> you don't need it. But anyway, the, yeah. the growth in the car, as you alluded to, some for manufacturing, some for increased safety regulations sure, yeah, yeah. and, you know, general, uh, you know, laws that are passed, yeah. you know worldwide you've got to meet that stuff and and the response in the form mm-hmm. of that safety thing now it's sure. bigger and then slotting another model up right up under where that car used to sit hey this is one product of the, lineup product planners Ugh. this is one of the reasons Love honestly that. that i am still to this day astonished that the latest miata the nd miata is almost the size of the original that is such a move against everything yeah. in car culture and car design. I That's am astonished point. and I applaud Mazda for doing that. I am amazed that their fourth gen is the second smallest car. Yeah, that is amazing. Mazda's doing pretty much everything right. Well, and they're doing I'm a lot so of things against other people's. Everybody else is going this way, like hybrids, and they go, no, we're going to create a more efficient gas engine. I mean, they're just they're thinking completely opposite the grain, if you will. And, right. But that that ND is a real success in packaging for sure. I mean, the one thing they're not doing right is the the Mazda speed poof going. They're away, not doing Mazda but, speed. That is too bad. But but the, but that, here's the thing: you would not get an ND and not find all of the stuff you expect in a modern normal. I want all of these things. Car, it's all yeah, in there. True. They packed all of it in there, and yet the car got smaller from the last gen. True. That's quite amazing. I don't really fit, but that's a side note. All right, so Dale wrote to us. Uh, he's uh, you saw him on the Lemons piece, one of our co-drivers and yeah, facilitators, yeah. saying, "What cars do you want to drive? If every major manufacturer were to offer you a press car for one month at a time, that's like the whole opener of a podcast. It's like a twenty-minute discussion. It is. It's all the usual suspects, but the Avora Sport Four Ten is on there for me. I see that. Yeah, and the M Five, the I Eight, the Panamera Sport Turismo is on there for me. It's <laughs> like I said, it's a long list of usual suspects. A Ford Raptor. I want to spend time with a Jaguar F Type." I want to cozy up to that car. Ooh, yeah, I see that. I want a Ford Raptor. Maybe Ford can drop off a Raptor in Utah. (laughs) Here, guys, go bomb around for a month. Hi, Ford. (laughs) Do we have a Raptor? That's very funny. (laughs) Man, well, guys, thank you so much for writing all these questions. We sure appreciate it, as I said before. And uh, rate and rank the podcast and let people know that's really how we're experiencing a lot of growth in the analytics that we're seeing on this end. Mm -hmm. We're stunned and we're thankful. Yeah, we're thankful for sure. Tell people about it and, uh, yeah, share it. We really, really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.